And to the ladies, uh, thank you for our praise band tonight. I'm so very grateful. I want to read to you straight, uh, straight out of the scriptures quickly here. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're going to look at the word of God in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And we'll begin our verse, uh, our reading with verse 12. 1 Corinthians 12, beginning our reading with verse 12. The body is a unit, though it's made up of many parts, and though all its parts are many, they form one body. So it is with Christ. But we are all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free. And we were all given the one spirit to drink. Now, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, cease to be part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, cease to be part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has arranged the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And those parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable, we treat with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has combined the members of the body and has given greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers... Every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now, you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. I want you to take a few moments to watch this video. Um, I stumbled across this a, a few years ago, and I hope it tickles you as much as it did me. Watch this, please. My daddy, he, I tell you, I, I, was, I was in the back there of that church, though, and I was trying to pay attention to the preacher, and the preacher was a preacher, and he was using that question, a rhetorical question that I didn't understand. I was just a little fellow, six, seven years old. He was using that question, what should we do with sin? He sort of sounded like Dr. Criswell, First Baptist Dallas. He was a little Criswellian. He, he was a kind of that old-style preacher who said, what should we do? Well, sin. Well, I was in the back with my buddies. My mom and dad were sitting up towards the front. I just sort of, I looked around, and you know, y'all see how y'all look sometimes. You know, it, it doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother me in the least when people sleep during my sermons. Just keep your mouth closed. You know what I mean? Just sort of. I just, I mean, just, but, so I looked around, I thought, man, an adult ought to help this man. I mean, one of his own kind ought to come through for him, you know what I mean? No one did. I felt for the man, my heart went out to him. 
I didn't want to say anything out loud. It wasn't my culture to speak out loud in that particular church. So I just stood up and gestured to him, lip synced. We don't know. We don't know. But he, he's not paying attention to me. You know what I mean? I'm just a little fella in the back. He just keeps right on. And we preachers usually repeat ourselves two or three times. Have you ever noticed that over in the ministry? That's why we never get through till about 12.05 on Sunday. It's just part of our call. It's part of the call of God in our life. Sure enough, second time, he sort of cried it out. What should we do with sin? Sin. Sin. Once again, my little heart. I stood up this time. I, ju- I didn't speak out loud, but I gestured again with greater gesture. We don't know. I don't know. They don't know. You don't know. Only God knows. Don't ask us. Ask Him. You know, I mean, it was just, my, man, I was get, I was I was trying to help the man. I said to myself, if he asked that. One more time. I am going to answer him in the voice of Don Knotts, old Barney Fife on the Andy Griffith show. I said, that's what I'm going to do. That's what I felt led to do. I, you know, when you got that little attention deficit disorder, your mind thinks about a hundred things. And that just sort of came to me and went, that is it. I will help this man. I will give him an answer. My parents won't know it's me. You know what's coming, don't you? It's coming. But you know, when you've got that problem as a little fella, you, you think you're right on target, you know? Your heart's pure. And they shall see God, and sometimes more quickly. You know what I mean? So I said, I'm going to answer in the voice of Don Knott. So Barney Fife, if he does it again, I'll help him. I'll know him know about me. Everything will be happy. Sure enough, third time, he started whispering it. You know how we do as preachers. What should we do? Whispering. Whispering. What should we do? I stood up. And in the voice of Don Knotts, I said, Nip it in the bar! Only in church, right? I mean, have you have you ever seen some of the crazy things that happens in church services? I, I have to tell you, I've been in so many church services that I have seen fun, crazy, wild things. And sometimes they're just a little bit weird. Someday when I have time and I don't have time to do it for you tonight, I'll talk to you about some of the crazy uh, sights that I have seen as a, as a pastor or an evangelist, as a preacher, some of the things that have happened wild. While I've been preaching, it is kind of funny to think about those. You should have, you should get to have my vantage point sometimes. I've seen some pretty vicious elbows thrown by spouses into somebody, their spouse's ribs. I've seen some pretty funny facial expressions. I love it sometimes when I'm preaching and suddenly the wife looks at her husband like, he nailed you right there. And and I've seen a lot of that when I've been preaching. I've seen some interesting exchanges that happen between a hyper 
hyperdoodle kid and their parents because they don't always go back to children's church. And, and sometimes I'm watching the parent just mortified and frustrated and, and ready to kill their kids. And I have seen, I absolutely have seen the inside of people's mouths as they went to sleep. I've, I've seen that dentist view. I know you and I. Uh, who have been to church very much. We've heard the complaints. And there are complaints about church. And a lot of them are legitimate. You want to know why? Because we're people. And we're not perfect, are we? And because of that, although the, the body of Christ is a beautiful, wonderful thing, because it is people, we're not perfect. And no church is perfect. There's always something that we can find fault with. But I have to go on record with you and say this today. I want you to know that I still love the church of Jesus Christ. I still love it. I love the people of God. I, they are the best people in the world to me. I will go to the bat for them. I will go on the mat for them. I love the church. Yes, I know that the church has failed. Yes, I know that there are many times when people get hurt in churches. But I still ask the question, where would this world be without the church of Jesus Christ? I'm so glad for it. We wouldn't have hospitals. We wouldn't have a lot of things. A lot of the universities that were started all because of the church of Jesus Christ. God has done wonderful things through the church. And when I say the church, I'm talking about his body here. I'm talking about not just the gospel chapel or, or the Wesleyan church. I'm talking about the body of Jesus Christ. And I'm so grateful for the church. I'm glad to say that I'm a man of God, that I belong to the Lord, that I believe in this book with many, many people in the world. I know that there are a lot of people who don't believe this book, but I, I stand with those who do. I thank God for them and they are my favorite people in the world. I love being part of the, of the church. My identity is in the church through Jesus Christ. My identity and a lot of who I am and how I've been shaped to be was shaped in the church of Jesus Christ. I can't imagine my life without it. I'm so glad that when I was a little boy, a person from church found me and they began to tell me about Jesus Christ. I thank God for the people who have blessed my life, who have been part of the church. I can't speak for you, but in, but in spite of all of her flaws, in spite of all the negative experiences I have had, and I've had some, I am extremely proud to be part of the body of Jesus Christ, his church. I'm glad. And I'm not ashamed of the message that it teaches. Let me break this down for you a little further. As you're looking at me here today, and I've been in church a long time. I need you to know that I love this particular body very much. I love the gospel chapel. I thank God for her. I know that she, this church already has a really rich history. And I think it's an incredible congregation. Much of my identity now and my life is right here. Right with you. I belong to you. I belong here. And I'm very grateful and I'm grateful for the friendships that are forming. In just two and a half years, the things that God has done for me here. I love the gospel chapel. 
This is our last week in our series, Soul Shift. You've been seeing the graphic because Betsy does a great job for us. And this week, we're going to talk about the last chapter, if you will, a, a shift in priority from in, on indivisible, I'm sorry, individualism to a community. The book calls it From Me to We. I want to ask you to please read this last chapter of the book. If you have this book, Soul Shift, please read the last chapter carefully. I think it's one of the more important chapters in the book. The, the authors make an argument in this chapter that ours today in the American culture is a culture that emphasizes individuality. They state that more than ever, people are expressing their opinions and, and their views and putting commentaries on their lives right out there for people to see. Things like Twitter, Facebook, MySpace, and on and on it goes. I don't have to name them all. There's, I guess, something, something called Snapshot that I haven't used that um, you can show uh, pictures and things. But the authors feel that there is a growing resistance in our culture against any kind of group identity. We tend to be very independent. So I ask you to please look at that chapter because I'm not going to talk much more about that tonight. But it is an important chapter, an important view for us. And, and it's, it's, it's stimulating to our minds if we would read that. I want to talk to you about what I understand this shift from me to we is. What I understand it to be. This is where believer shifts from the church being part of his or her life to deeply connecting to the body of Christ and in particular a local body somewhere being intricately involved and having the church becoming more than just something there for me. But now I'm part of what goes on in the church. It is shifting over and making this, this mindset and soul shift that the Holy Spirit performs in us where we, believe, we, we get to a point where we belong in a local body. And I'm going to be talking a little bit more in depth about this, but I will just want to say it this way. There is a large difference uh, in just attending a church from time to time and being Part of that church, being part of the mission and and being part of the, the work of that church. It is such an important thing. I hope to illustrate to you three quick things about this. I'll begin with this this particular point. I want you to know that being attached to the body of Jesus Christ is a design of God. God designed this. God created the church. Did you know that? We didn't do this. Humans didn't make the church happen. God designed the church. He is the one who created it. And he, it is his desire and heart for us to be part of we, not just me. I want to read this again. The body is a unit, though it is made up of many parts, and though all its parts are many, they form one body, so it is with Christ. And there are some other two more verses there that you can read on the screen. You'll remember how these verses refer to the construction of your amazing body. And I've, when I've talked about the body of Christ, I almost always challenge you to tell somebody some, somewhere along the line, I have an amazing body. Because you do. 
you got an amazing body. The things that your body can do is astounding. And I will tell you that the, the brightest minds in America and throughout the world could get together and try to design something as wonderful as your body, and they can't. Your body can do so many things and the capacities of it. And these verses are talking about that. Each part of your body is connected to every other part of your body. I recently learned that when your brain, that's where your thinking happens, of course. But every time your brain thinks a thought, every thought is broadcast throughout your entire body. Every cell is involved and feels that. That is why it's terrible to be stressed out because it makes your cells sick. It, it does terrible things if you live in a, a perpetual state of anxiety and fear and being upset. It will beat your body down. What you think in your mind can have a huge effect on how your body uh, on your body's health and how your body responds. God has created every part, every cell to be connected to any other cell in our body. And that is why, and sometimes I, I think you, we've all been here. Have you ever had a head cold so bad that you thought, if I could just disconnect my head, the rest of me feels pretty good. But that's not how it works, is it? When you get a cold and you're, you're stuffed up, your whole body feels the cold. And you say, if I could just, I got a toothache. If I could just get this tooth out. You know, and there's truth to it. But the part, the point is, the whole body is affected by that pain. The other day, I was helping Betsy out. I meant, well, I really did. Betsy does so many things around here and she'll get mad at me if I describe them. So I won't. But one of the things she does is some cleaning in our church. And she was simply emptying the trash and taking it out. And I had a moment and I was in the... I went into the men's room and you know how those they have those cylinder things. I lifted the cylinder off. I got it out. I got the bag out. I, I emptied it out and I put a, uh, the bag, uh, a fresh bag inside of it. And when I went to put the cylinder back on, it wasn't going down. And I, I loosened my grip on the cylinder, the outer part of that trash can. And that's when it slipped right on. And it went crashing down on my toe. Okay, when it hit my toe, my whole body responded to that because my whole body was suffering. It it affected my thoughts. It affected everything because that's how intimately connected one part of your body is to the rest. And that's why you can't look at a part of your body and say, I don't it's not important to me. I know you can have surgeries and have your tonsils out and things. But let me tell you, they have a function. And they are important because God put them there. Okay, I know that. All of that said, we may survive without certain things, but your body is so intimately connected that it actually, when you think a thought, is affected. Every Your toe is affected by your thought life. And that's, that's scientifically, um, that is scientifically proven. Please notice with me again a little phrase at the end of verse 12. So it is with Christ. So it is with Christ. You see, the Bible makes it very, very clear that every believer, every true Christian is a part of his body, the church. And that's his design. Just as your body was designed as it is and arranged the way it is. 
Jesus designs the church. And there is a design for every Christian being deeply connected to every other Christian because we're all part of his body. And we can't look at one another and say that part of the body doesn't matter. We can't say because it's not like me. It's not important. I read a quote that I believe was from Dr. David Holdren. I've read this quote before. The Bible repeatedly makes the case that Christianity is not merely a me issue, but a we issue. I so agree with him. Now, welcome to my ADD world as I make a total shift here and and say something that sounds pretty random. If you will just bear with me, I want to ask a question about you today. Are you shopping for a church? I know that sounds random here, but church shopping is a pretty intense experience for people, isn't it? We've all been there. We've all been in a place where we're looking for for a church to belong to. And it feels a little bit like a body part trying to find a spot to connect to. I mean, it's just different. It's it's odd. It's hard. It's awkward for a whole lot of people to be looking for a new church. I mean, you go into a new church and this happens to Darlene especially. I And, and let me clarify that. When Darlene and I go on vacation, I'm one of these weird people that I'm pretty at ease in a in a crowded setting real fast. It's because I'm super outgoing. I can talk to a, a statue and and I'm just I can have a conversation with almost anybody and I get along with people pretty well and I'm not intimidated by crowds. My poor wife is. And I don't know how many times it took me so long. I, I've, I've been married 38 years. I finally figured this out. It took me almost all 38 years to figure this out. But we'd go on vacation. And when Sunday comes around and, and the Deuce of Home is on vacation, we find somewhere to worship. We're not going to take a vacation from God. We love going to, well, I love uh, taking my wife to churches. My wife loves church. But she really does feel awkward walking into a new environment. And it's so funny. If we're going someplace where I'm not particularly thrilled to go, Darlene walks a pretty good pace and, and goes in there. If she feels really comfortable, she goes right on in. But I tell you what, when we go on vacation and I find a new church, and usually I like to find a church that's got a lot going on. And, and so there's a lot of people there. And I'm charging into the church and and I'm holding my wife's hand and suddenly my hand goes behind me and I'm walking fast and I'm I'm literally starting to drag my wife as she is getting closer she's slowing down and for a few years I hate to confess this I would almost physically drag her in the church and later she would say Ken why why couldn't you just give me a sack Because I'm one of these people that loves environments like that. I want to meet new people. My wife's intimidated. And so it's a little awkward. I just had a conversation with our board a little bit about our cafe setting. Love our cafe. And it's my kind of thing. If I ever go into a, a church when I'm on vacation, they have a cafe like this full of people. When you walk in, they're all there. And, and, and you've seen it happen if you've been here. You open the door and everybody in the cafe looks at you. And it's like there's no buffer. There's nothing. You walk in. Hello! You know, it's like going to 
that movie, that, that, that TV show cheers here. You know, everybody looks at you, and if they don't speak to you, they still stare at you. And it's awkward for some people, and, and we're, we're looking at a way to fix that, make it a little bit easier for people to come in, a little less intimidating. But that said, I'm all about that. And, and so that fits me, but it doesn't fit everybody. But my, my whole point is, when you're, when you're church shopping, it can feel a lot like that. Everything's new. You, didn't, you don't know where to go. You don't where, know where things are. You don't know if you're going to sit in the wrong seat, right? Have you been there? Have you ever sat in a seat and had somebody just like stare at you because you were in their pew or their chair? That's my spot, you know? Um, there, are, there are a lot of things that can happen, and it is a difficult thing. And listen, we as a church here, we try very hard to make people feel comfortable when they are new to us, but we understand and I want you to know as a pastor, as, as outgoing as I am, I do understand that it is awkward and hard and difficult. Do I stand? Do I sit? Do I raise my hands? Look what they're doing. You know, it's, it's just different. And it can be a bit uncomfortable when you're shopping for a new church home. And I want to say this, and this sounds a little bit morbid. It probably feels a little bit like a body part trying to find a place to connect. It's just as difficult. So let's acknowledge that during that time when people are church shopping, we tend to ask, when we are ch- church shopping, we tend to ask the question, how does this church fit me? We try to see if it appeals to me. Is the music okay? Is the minister all right? Is, is this right? Um, does the church minister to me and mine? Does the church have the right ministries according to what I need? And do I like it? That tends to be what happens. We form opinions about churches. And I'm of the opinion that there are a whole lot of Christians who seem to stay in church shopping mode. What I'm saying is, other than coming to a church and attending services, they rarely connect in any way to the church. They tend to stay in the me mode. They never quite fully connect to a local body. They don't move from me to we. They don't, in their thinking, think about uh, the church in in the sense of how can we get better? How can we move forward? How can we minister? It tends to be, what are they doing? And Tends to be about me. It's and, and people who stay in church shopping mode uh, stay in the critique mode. We could do really well one week. And man, I love that sermon. I loved everything that happened one week. But if this next week it's not as good or we don't like it, we, we, we go into that critique mode and say, oh, yeah, I'm not sure that's my church. And that can happen if something happens that they don't like. It, uh, people in the church shopping mode, if you will, will bail. They'll just disappear. They'll pick up. And bailing is easy because they've never attached themselves to anybody. They never made any connection to anybody and never really tried. I'm talking to Christians here. And we can do that. And while we're in shopping mode, we tend to just sit back. We tend to just rest. And we want to consume. We want to bring it in. And our contribution to the local body is just, I'll come to church. And that's it. Now, I want to acknowledge that some who are in church shopping mode for an extended period are there because they've been hurt in the church. And I would I'm not going to do this, but I'm, I'm almost tempted to ask you to raise your hand if anybody in the church has ever hurt you. And I bet you every hand would go up. 
I know that. And I'm sorry. And especially sorry if I've ever hurt you. Because that's not my heart. I don't want to hurt people. And I don't want to be part of that. But we've probably all been hurt in a church. And sometimes people, they stay in church shopping mode. Because if they connect, they might just get hurt again. I tried connecting once, Pastor. I tried being part of the whole team approach. And it didn't work out so well. But I will tell you, it's not healthy spiritually to remain unattached. Here's why. You miss the better part of being part of the body of Jesus Christ. You see, when the body is working well and the parts are connected in the right way, every part benefits from that. I benefit from being connected with the people of this church. I benefit from doing life with you. It helps me. It pushes me on. It inspires me. It helps me grow. And by the way, that's God's design for you. When we stay just on the outside, not truly connecting, not truly committing, what happens is we miss the best part of being part of a church. As imperfect as she is, the church is beautiful. And we need to connect to it in order to really experience the love of the people, the the power of the the organization of the Lord's church. So let's just recognize that it is a challenging thing sometimes when we be we've been hurt, but it is hurtful if we're not if we don't connect. Are you are you church shopping today? Christian, it's the design of Christ for you to completely connect somewhere in the body of Christ. There is a body, there is a local church that's right for you, somewhere, close here, close by. I believe this. I believe that there is a church that works for you where you can move from me to we. I think we are that church for a lot of people. I think there are a lot of people yet who would connect with us and we could just continue to become more and more the church that helps people move forward. But Jesus wants every Christian. This is a biblical concept. He wants every Christian to be connected to other believers more than shopping. Being committed to a body. Second thing, observation I make is this whole thing is a work of God, not human achievement. Now, you are the body of Christ and each of you is a part of it. I said this a little earlier. I'll just quickly say it again. Every single believer is already unified with every other believer in the, in the church. Somewhere along the line, as soon as you became one with Christ, you became one with everyone who is one with Christ. And you became part of them and their, their life. Listen, <laughs> I have to say this to you. Like, and I say this tongue in cheek. Like it or not, I'm part of the body of Christ that, you, you have to deal with it if you're a Christian. <laughs> and, and you are a part of the body of Christ. And I have to deal with that. I have to love you. I have to learn how to do it. And God does that. If you are a Christian, you're already one with every other Christian. So you, don't, you and I don't get to choose our relatives, right? We, we're born into the family we're born into and we're related to who we're related to. We don't get to choose them. And folks, we don't get to choose our brothers and sisters in the Lord either. That is Something God does. God redeems people and brings them into it. And it's a gift of God. 
May I please appeal to you uh, to not fall into the trap of attacking those parts of the body of Christ who are different from you? You're deeply connected with them, whether you want to be or not. So don't attack them and don't go at them. I have a brother in Christ whom I love very much, but he's from a different theological school of thought than I am. And I don't know why, but many who are in that same persuasion, that same school of thought, they routinely attack other Christians' beliefs. They go at them and they go at them because they don't interpret the word of God quite the same way as this persuasion does. My dear friend, I believe truly loves the Lord. He is my friend. And I believe his testimony. He testifies to being part of the body of Christ through faith. And I believe that it is absolutely true. But he often gets involved on Facebook in accusing Christians of heresy or even worse. He even will go so far as to say things to declare that that person cannot be a believer. if they, they, They're not a Christian if they if they're that, uh, believe what they believe. And I'm going to just say to you, without going too much further with this, that's a dangerous thing to do. I love my friend, but he's making horrible mistakes. And let me tell you, that's not the will of God. You are united with the people who are part of the body of Christ if you are a Christian today. And they are your family. And there's no reason for us to attack one another. We need to figure out how we can join hands. And make a difference in this world that seems to get more broken every single day. Amen. Don't we have a society that needs to know about Jesus Christ? Doesn't our country today need the church more than it's ever needed it? I don't understand the hatred that's going on right now. I truly don't. I don't understand what it's been driven by apart from this. It comes straight from the pit of hell. The things that are going on in our country, that's the origination of it. It's from hell. And it's sad. And the the one entity that Jesus Christ fights the forces of hell with is the body of Christ. And we need to be part of that. Finally, let me just suggest to you that being part of the body of Christ and making this shift from me over to we is a chosen thing. We choose it. So there's a deliberate intentionality of being part of a local body of Jesus Christ. At some point, we need to get there. Scripture says, as it is, there are many parts, but there's one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. At some point, believers need to move from shopping to committing, from thinking what's in it for me to thinking, how can I help the, the body of Christ grow? How can I be part of what God does? And it, it, it just isn't healthy to stay shopping for a long, long time. If you're waiting to find a perfect church for you, you're not going to find it because there's no perfect churches around. I remember, the, I think I've said this to you, the old preacher that used to say, look, if you find a perfect church, don't go there. You'll mess it up. And and that's a joke, tongue in cheek, but but it is true that there aren't, perfect churches out there. Please consider what church God wants you to be in. Please consider that. Please pray about that and how you can play a role in making it stronger. Get out of the shopping mode and go to home mode. Find a place where you plug in and you are part. Now, the point of the chapter, me to we, in this book, 
is this. In order for a Christian to experience real connection to the body of Christ, they need to intentionally become a part of that body and community of believers. There are things that you need to do. Because one of the things I hear said is, look, I go to the church all the time, and it just feels like nobody connects with me. Nobody makes a great big effort. And I'm, I'm not trying to hurt your feelings. I promise you I'm not. Put the onus on you and make it your point to connect to a church where God would have you to be. Step up and say, I want to I want to be connected. I'm not talking about church membership, and that's part of the process. I understand that. I'm just talking about be part of what the church is and part of what the church does. Plug in somewhere. There's always a spot for us to plug in. And let's do that. Let's just step forward and say, this is what I believe God would have me to do. Make that choice. At this point, I want to plead with every believer in our fellowship here. Each one of us gets to make a choice of our future here. We can either be builders of our church or we can be breakers. Each one of us can choose to bring health in our church or to spread poison in our church. I thank God for where our church is. I love this church. At this moment, God is blessing us. We have a candle burning over there because somebody came to Christ. A couple weeks ago, we had 20 candles lit because we had a vacation Bible school together and we led them to Jesus. And this is a good church. But the question for all of us is, where will we go from here? We're at the point we are, that's good. But will we grow or will we stagnate and die? Will we impact our community and our world for Jesus Christ? Or instead, will we implode and go right out of view from our community? Every single believer here is part of our fellowship. And you get to choose whether or not you want to be part of what we do next. What will that be? Will you be on board? Will you say, I'm moving from me to we? I'm thinking about what our church together. I want to be part of this. You get to choose whether you'll be on board with our vision or you, or you don't want to. You can choose whether to lay down a past offense from somebody who has hurt you here. Or to hang on to your anger and hurt and hold it against them. You get to decide whether the will of Christ for the gospel chapel becomes more important to you than you and your taste and the things you like or don't like. I'm not saying they don't matter. What I'm saying is, do they matter too much? I think we all have taste and opinions, and and we all, if we are part of the body, need to know how to work together. You will decide whether you will work toward unity or division in our congregation. My appeal to you as a pastor is make the shift. Somewhere, for your health, make the shift. Be part of the body of Jesus Christ. It is beautiful. It is wonderful. I love what God does here. I love the connection I have with you and so many others here. And when I'm away, I really do miss it. I'm glad that I get to be here and be part of you. So my prayer is that God speaks and God ministers to your heart tonight. And This is one of those sermons that I didn't feel led to create some kind of altar call. I just want you to know that. 
Obviously, if you need to make have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you don't know Jesus. I want you to come to Christ. I want you to talk to me and let me help you with that. But seriously, what I'm thinking will happen is you'll go out of here and think about these words. You might even think about that dumb video of that guy <laughs> standing up and saying, nip it in the bud. I pray to God that the Lord helps you to love the church a little bit like I love the church. I'm so glad because it saved my life. It honestly changed everything for me. And God used it in my life. I pray that God gives you a fondness for his people. Uh, Please think and pray about this sermon. Please ask God what he would have you to do with it.